This episode is brought to you by O-Farms, Africa's first accelerator for small and medium circular agribusinesses. O-Farms is funded by the IKEA Foundation and implemented by Bop Inc. and Village Capital in partnership with e Impact in Kenya and Hive Colab in Uganda. Hello and welcome to the Meta Podcast, a podcast dedicated to bringing you live recordings from Meta events covering a wide range of multidisciplinary topics converging at the intersection of innovation in the African continent. How can we help make circular agribusiness a mainstream approach in East Africa and beyond? In this episode, we learn from a diverse group of experts about how the landscape for circular agribusiness is changing, what support circular agribusinesses need to scale up, and how we can best help circular agribusiness move from margin to mainstream. The following segment was recorded at a special event at the Baraza Media Lab in Nairobi on June 16, 2022. The expert panel featured Charles Kitao, Country Director and Vice Chair at the Africa Agribusiness Academy, Richard Midikira, Manager Technical Assistance at Aseli Africa, Alex Muli, Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder at Goshen Farms Exporters Limited, Chrysantis Tanga, Senior Scientist at the International Center of Insect Physiology and Ecology, and Isabella Tenai. Accelerator Manager at E4 Impact. This discussion was moderated by Roald Klumpenar, Agritech Specialist at BOP Inc., and Brenda Wangari, Program Lead at Village Capital. Let's hear what this expert panel had to say in response to a few provocative statements from the moderators. So we're going to start the panel now. So statement one is around, um, so it's about the demand for circular agribusiness. So we're saying here, circular entrepreneurs should pitch their agribusiness as circular towards investors, but not necessarily towards consumers. Because consumers, they don't know what circular is, so why would you even mention it? That's the critical statement. Um, And then the sub-question is, how can we increase that demand among consumers uh, to start thinking about circular products and being willing to buy circular products. Uh, so the, I'll, I'll give the word to our entrepreneur, Alex, to kick off the discussion. What do you think? I think we can only create demand by creating, by information is power. So basically we need to communicate to consumers, we need to communicate to our uh, channels, especially the retails, to understand the importance of agri-circularity and what products are being done. This can be done through also information like also putting it in the products, like you give a brief information about what, how actually that product is made and how it's, beca- how it's a circular product. So I think through that we can always create that awareness and uh, later create a demand for it. All right, thank you, Alex. Um, so that was interesting to hear from the entrepreneur side, but what about uh, the entrepreneur support organization. So, uh, Isabella, what do you think? Um, I agree with what um, Alex has said, but I think in addition to putting information out there, sometimes it is important to demonstrate how that information can be consumed. Um, So even as you're putting the information, are you able to demonstrate to the customer um, this is how it would create um, value to your, your, your activities? If I can borrow something that Joker Farmers, uh, Joker Farm is doing, 
you know, when you're working with farmers and they are able to see very tangible results from, you know, utilizing a particular product, then at that level, it is way beyond just information. You have a concrete example that then you can utilize to showcase to other consumers to say, you know, for what we are doing, it is possible for you to increase your value, to increase your productivity. So information, yes, but also the possibility for them to see and demonstrate uh, tangible results, I think. All right, thank you, Isabella. Any of the other panelists would like to contribute? Yes, Kisantis. Um, thank you very much. I think this is a very important um, aspect. I see you've mentioned um, uh, the investors, I've mentioned the consumers. From our own perspective, we try to keep consultation between the consumers, the investors, and the policymakers. Because these three must work hand in hand for us to be able to uh, uh, create the demand and supply. So the, the greatest aspect here is that um, we know there's awareness creation limitation um, within the area of secular business-based products. And so what we are looking at is aspect of getting the consumer to understand the, the benefits of this, uh, this product in terms of the quality and looking at aspect of um, them being able uh, to assess uh, this product because the investors will be very much interested in terms of the value of this product for them to invest in, and also them being able to, to, to get profitability from this whole aspect. So I think there should be a, 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 a harmonious way of approaching the different angles for us to uh, create an enabling environment. Thank you. Thank you, Chrysanthus. But let me then challenge uh, the last two speakers. So would you even tell a consumer that this is made from waste? Why would you even mention it? Because maybe they will only think like, oh, this is not good quality, this product, because it was from waste. What do you think, uh, Charles? Well, I think uh, one of the things that uh, the consumers should demand in this circularity business is honesty. Uh, because I think even going through what you have seen already, uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, gray areas that consumers need to, need to know about these products. And honesty is one of the things that consumers should demand. But at the same time, uh, consumers should be really uh, able to support uh, producers who are taking care of the environment, who are taking care of the animals, who are taking care of the land, who are taking care of uh, the resources that can be used for future generation. So sustainability of our ecosystem in the continuum of uh, production uh, of agricultural products through circular uh, agriculture uh, is critical. And therefore, to me, we just need to be assured, or the customers need to be assured, uh, that uh, the producer is taking care of wide variety of uh, things rather than just the pocket. That is my, my take on that. All right, thank you, Charles. Anything to add, Richard? What, what do investors think about this? Because the statement here says investors might actually really like that you are circular, especially impact investors, maybe. Do you agree? So I would even argue that it's more important for them to pitch the circularity to the consumers compared to the investors um, because um, investments start from the market. 
and you need to be able to create a market to have a viable um, sort of investment pitch. Um, but I think it's also for us important for us to identify different levels of con consumers or customers and um, communicate the importance of circularity and tied to what their core needs are. So, for example, even as much as we're talking about, um, for example, if it's a farmer that this type of fertilizer will improve your yields, um, is that really what is at the heart of what the farmer wants? Or is it that they want to pay school fees for their children the next two months or so? So I guess it's about um, tying, um, communicating in a way that what you're trying to achieve by having a circular enterprise sort of speaks to the needs of, of the customer. Um, and I think that's critical. Great. Yes, thank you, Richard. Yeah, also for underlining that you communicate, communicate your vision towards the investor, your vision to scale your business. Uh, and that circularity is core to your vision. So um, over to you, to the audience. Uh, we're also gonna check out the Mentimeter, but are there already any questions or comments for this topic of the consumer versus the investor? Yes. Yeah, I agree with the discussion that yes, uh, circular economy should be uh, brought to the investors and also to the uh, customers or the consumers. But what we bring as message to these two people uh, should be, uh, we should be clear about it. Because for the, uh, the customers, as uh, one of the panel members indicated, openness is critical. The process of the circular economy, how it is taking place is critical. Because for him, more than the circularity of the system, for him, how the process is going uh, and the product is coming out is very critical. So that awareness on how this whole circular process is happening, which is, uh, and building his confidence that yes, a product coming out of circular system is still safer for him, is critical. While on the other end, for the investor, the circularity of the uh, uh, business, how it is going to uh, benefit the social and economic aspects is, is critical. So we need to have different uh, clear-cut messages for the different stakeholders. Um, that is very critical for scaling the uh, circular system chain. For me, um, one of the key things that has actually come out is um, the communities are basically willing to adopt um, recycled products. But the biggest challenge is um, the community needs um, your products to be at least certified. It gives some form of um, uh, confidence to the customer. But we have a challenge where you find the bodies that are required to have the standards for certification of such products. They lack these kind of standards. And you might recycle something, and at the end of the day, it is good for consumption based on uh, maybe uh, lab results that you've carried out from uh, different laboratories, but the standards do not exist. So how can we basically work on making this something that is uh, the, the regulatory bodies that are, that are uh, in the value chain actually be able to move with speed or maybe um, create more awareness that needs uh, this kind of uh, standards to be in place because this is basically a way of the future and uh, we cannot rely on what is being produced now. So we have to make sure that we reduce the post-harvest losses as much as possible. But that is where the challenge lies in terms of creating that demand that we need to create. 
All right, thank you very much. So maybe for now we'll go to the next statement. Um, so the statement is, investors are convinced of the value proposition of circular agribusiness, uh, both in terms of impact and profitability. So is it really profitable to start thinking about circularity? And what's the social environmental impact? And then also, how can we improve that access to finance for circular SMEs? So we'll start with Richard this time, who brings in the investor perspective from Akeli Africa. Richard, please. Thanks, Roald. So, I mean, there's different types of investors um, who are uh, driven or motivated by different objectives. Um, and what is common knowledge is, you know, we have um, what we call the impact of social investors who, while they're looking for a financial return, they're largely driven by social and environmental impact. So we'll find that a lot of these investors, yes, they are convinced of the value proposition of circular agribusinesses, uh, but there's a big group um, for whom there is a lot more potential for a, for, um, a concerted effort to demonstrate the value of uh, these types of agribusinesses. And um, these would be the commercial banks um, who, by their very nature, um, will typically only look at the commercial viability of a business, um, but then not so much at some of the social and environmental impacts the business has. So um, I can give the example of what we do at Aseli Africa, uh, recognizing that there are certain constraints towards agricultural finance that are driven by um, the risk that is inherent um, in lending to agricultural SMEs, but also the cost of originating loans to these agricultural SMEs. So what we're trying to do is sort of shift the economics of, of these loans to make them more attractive to the lenders. Um, so for example, we provide certain payments to loans that uh, meet um, climate and environmental criteria, um, and a lot of these relate to businesses that are practicing circular agriculture or regenerative agriculture. So we hope that over time, the incentive mechanism will be shifted such that this group of investors will look more favorably towards this type of businesses. Um, and also just to push the agenda and show um, cases or examples of where um, a circular agribusiness is more resilient and therefore is a better um, repair of debt if you're talking about debt. Uh, if you're looking at it from an equity investment perspective, they're more sustainable, can create more value, um, which an investor is then able to um, sort of capture in future. So that's a very quick answer to, to the question. Thank you, Richard. Great. Um, yeah, and what do you think about this, uh, Charles, from Africa? Agribusiness Academy. Different financial service providers are looking for for different uh, issues in regard to uh, their interest, and there are those that are particularly interested in uh, financing uh, agricultural mechanisms that support, uh, say, climate change. Uh, and uh, I think our commercial uh, banks uh, here, the orientation is a bit different. But you have seen the entrance of uh, different uh, players that are now more interested in uh, environment, uh, ecosystem, 
that can sustain uh, agri-food SMEs. Isabella, what do you think from eFree Impact? Um, I, I think the other thing that could also support the SMEs in agri-secularity is, as uh, my colleagues have mentioned, selling secularity only is still a challenge. It's still a new and emerging thing in, in, in our ecosystem. So in that manner, then secularity needs to appear to support other themes that are already at the forefront that investors are already putting money into. So if you come to things around um, job creation, because if you look at the value chains of uh, agri-secular enterprises, you're able to really uh, push that agenda with, with evidence. Um, looking at areas around food security, I think agri-secularity also contributes very strongly in that. So as we wait to have this um, become a main theme and a main focus, then it's to create this link of um, the secular enterprises feeding into bigger themes in, in the country. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely uh, interesting indeed, how you bring in circularity in your regular pitch. Um, Alex, your side, um, do you think investors uh, care about circularity when you speak to them? Uh, I think it depends on the kind of investors you're talking to. If you're talking to impact investors and people who are uh, focused mainly on uh, social impact and uh, issues of environmental impact, climate change, I think they will give you a, a year for the same. But if you're talking to someone maybe who is focused on uh, yeah, making money, at times it doesn't make sense to them because they will ask you, why do you need to buy a, a dryer that uses, that is, that uses waste? right takes a longer drying time versus getting an electrical dryer which is more efficient and that is able to turn around our cash so i think it really depends on uh, the investors that you're talking to yeah okay but that last point is interesting because um shouldn't circularity like being um frugal with your resources also help you to be more profitable actually or you think it actually costs you more if you ask me, I think it costs you more. So there is need for patient capital because it takes longer for one to realize uh, the ROI, especially because you have, there's a lot of heavy investment that you have to put in place. So it's more long-term investment. Then. Yeah, sure. All right. Okay, thank you. Any uh, questions or comments from the audience? Right, thank you. Um, I'll start by answering the question that you had asked whether uh, investors care about circular economy. My honest answer, at the end of it, they don't. Um, they may like it when you start pitching. Even the impact investors do. But when push comes to shove, the bottom line matters. Thank you very much. And there at the back, I see someone raising. Uh, uh, thank you. So I have two questions. One is uh, directed to the doc from Isipe. Do you have instances whereby, I know you spend a lot on research at ECP, which is mainly probably funded definitely. Do you have cases of where entrepreneurs or investors have come for your research and they want to commercialize it? For example, you have developed a product from the insects and everything, but uh, they have taken your research now to a commercial level. Maybe you can share some insights on that. And then uh, the other question is around um, I've always wondered, we always talk about these wastes, like uh, the fruits and vegetables close to 50%. That's the statistics that has been there for a while now from the likes of FAO. And even what we lose from Sirius, maybe less amount, maybe 20% thereabout. 
that's a statistic that keeps going around and around. But I've always wondered why investors somehow shy away from taking advantage of this statistic and translate it into business. Is it that uh, they don't know what to do with this? I think there's a lot of knowledge, even from the entrepreneurs we have here. Is it the capital? Is it, uh, I really don't know. Uh, maybe you can share some thoughts, maybe from anyone in the panel, why investors are shying away from this statistic and making it business. Then lastly is um, maybe now to back to Isipe, you talked about those edible insects. How, how are you able to convince uh, your customers? What approach? I know you haven't commercialized it, but how do you sell it to, to would-be customers that it's a good product, you can actually consume those uh, products you make? So what is the selling point that a, an entrepreneur or an investor can use to market that product to a consumer? Thank you. All right, we'll start with Chris um, um, thank you so much for that uh, smart uh, uh, question. Um, it's important to note that uh, ECP does not work in isolation. We work in collaboration um, a lot with the private sector. That means we develop technologies and we present the technology to, to, to private sector partners who then take up the technology for commercialization. Uh, we have a technology transfer unit uh, at, the, at ECP and we have so many technologies that have been developed ready for commercialization. So these um, units um, uh, uh, invites private sector partners to expose our technologies. We have so many uh, products, um, like the bar pesticide has been taken by Rear IPM. Uh, it's been marketed across the continent and even uh, to other um, countries like in the UK. We also have um, uh, fruit fly mania, which has been taken by Kenya Biologic. They're actually doing the marketing. This is because ECP does not do marketing. And so we uh, depend a lot on private sector partners to scale up our technologies, why, why we provide technical backstop in terms of research to improve um, the product. We also have collaborative relationship with uh, Salfi that is also, also gain um, insight into our knowledge of developing uh, insect composted fertilizer and they are already also doing marketing of, of the same. We have Sanergy that have ever grow um, fertilizer, which is organic fertilizer, commercialized to smallholder farmers and this technology was also built um, based on the knowledge developed from, uh, from ECP. So um, basically, we, we, our, our, our relationship with private sector partners is, is so strong um, that allows us to be able to move our technology from, from the lab um, to the field. Um, the, last, um, the, the last question, in terms of insect for food, um, we are looking at different components. Um, uh, for example, we, we move to communities like in Western Kenya, where insects are eating hold. The community will prefer us to produce products that they will, with visible uh, uh, appearance of the insects, that's what they would like. Also, well, what we have noticed is that with the disgust factor of people who um, uh, have not eaten insects before, we are developing high-value added products like uh, porridge fortified with, uh, with uh, cricket flour, or we have uh, um, animal feed where we are replacing um, uh, major protein sources like soya beans and fish with insect-based uh, protein. And we find a lot of smallholder farmers or the feed millers with the private sector using this product because they know it's, it's, uh, it's cheaper. And also, um, there's a lot of people have seen that we use um, insect based feed products like our Kinyeji. It's much more uh, good in terms of taste and uh, quality and also improve egg production and all that. So, what we pass all these benef benefits of our technology to the smallholder farmers, to the consumers, to the private sector companies, and we find a lot of uptake of this. Um, technology as well as acceptability of our product. 
Thank you. All right. Thank you, Chrysanthus. And maybe for the sake of time, we have one panelist respond to the question about why are investors not caring more about circularity? Why is it still a side topic? Right. So the um, statistics on food waste is frankly of little value to an investor um, unless we make it make sense to the investor from um, uh, a commercial perspective. And I think we need to change a bit the language that we use, whereas in as much as we're trying to uh, achieve circularity and reduce food wastages, wastage, um, when we are interfacing with investors, we need to then translate that into a language that they understand. So I really like the example that he gave about um, the PNL, his profit and loss, his profitability in, in increasing as a result of um, practicing circularity. And I think that message needs to come out more. We need to have more cases being presented to investors on the business case, you know, for investing in these types of business. Um, so many of them are big on sustainability, um, publish sustainability reports with a lot of pomp and color. But still, that is very peripheral to their core business. And we need to bring some of these issues in a way or in a language um, that they can relate to. Yeah. Thank you very much. The last statement of today is circular agribusiness. Currently, they can find the support ecosystem that they need to grow and scale. Because they are needing access to technology, experts and networks oh, and here says uganda well we mean east africa kenya ethiopia uganda um, so do can is there enough support ecosystem for circular agribusiness uh, for that we'll start with isabella from e for impact um, I think in the past two, five years, there's been a lot of growth and um, ESOs that are supporting enterprises in, in circularity, um, both in agriculture and other sectors. So you're seeing there's more uptake, there's a lot of um, movement and partnerships with external um, development agencies or countries that are a bit more advanced than we are. So if you look at the research that is being done, the technologies that are coming in, there's a bit of movement to support agri-secularity. Um, also in line with that, we are seeing a bit of shift in the policy area, which would then be instrumental to ensure that as you're supporting these enterprises, they're getting into an environment that allows them to flourish uh, in running their enterprises. Um, so partnerships with um, different uh, stakeholders. I know there's uh, some impressive work that FAO are doing trying to look at how do we address the issue around waste in Nairobi and Kisumu. And this they're doing in partnership with you know, SMEs, trying to look at the innovations that are already in the market. How do we bring them to scale them up to a level that they can be consumed at a county and hopefully they can move to the national uh, level. Um, so, and I think also there's a bit of uh, interest from the investors. It's slow, but it's there. So you're seeing slowly and slowly the different actors that are surrounding the entrepreneurs who are starting to look at this as a place of interest. Um, but by and large, I think that we have more um, ESOs that are coming up to support um, enterprises. If you look out the call for applications that are being put out, you see a bit of um, circularity coming in and also even tearing it down to say youth, 
We want to work with youth who are doing something in the secular space. We want to work with women. So that makes the net a bit wider. So at the end of the day, we have more enterprises that are in this space and are getting the support that they need. Thank you very much, Isabella. And then our other enterprise support organization, Charles from Agri Africa Agribusiness Academy. The provision of uh, access to circular technologies, uh, we must appreciate that uh, this is not a very uh, old concept. Uh, although it existed in our traditional African system, and uh, now we are giving it a, a bigger name of circular. But those of you who have been there for years, you know that uh, our grandmothers uh, actually practiced this circular agri agriculture. Uh, the kitchen, you know, preser preserving maize as seed and so forth. Uh, but under now the current uh, environment, I think these things are different. Uh, one of the things that we believe in is that uh, we must co-create as people circulating or promoting, supporting circular agribusiness. It is important that we co-create uh, platforms or networks. Uh, for instance, uh, we, are we have been implementing a, a, a project or a program uh, called Yalta. Yalta is the youth in uh, agroecology and business learning track Africa, uh, which we've been uh, implementing in Kenya, although the pro program exists also in Uganda, Rwanda, and Ethiopia. And uh, it touches kind somehow on circular uh, agribusiness. Uh, and one of the things that we've uh, realized is the forming of coalitions is a very important aspect in promoting technologies to us this. Uh, having case studies or case, uh, you know, real business cases. Real business cases that can demonstrate to say uh, people or youth or women who want to engage in circular business that indeed it works. So we can have networks that share knowledge we have knowledge hubs. In Africa Agribusiness Academy, we have a, an app called Tripoy App, where people that uh, are practicing uh, different aspects of agroecology, for instance, uh, post the experiences. Uh, and this is accessible to other members of, uh, of the agribusiness. Uh, she mentioned about uh, policy. And these coalitions, uh, once they are recognized uh, by the entities that matter, the agencies like the government, uh, the, the, the practitioners of circular agribusiness uh, can actually uh, fight for space where they can influence policy at, in Kenya, county, and uh, the national level. So we have, uh, for instance, uh, policy dialogue platforms for agroecology, which we have formed, and these have been recognized by the ministry. Uh, we are also uh, trying to promote our participation in the CADIP, the, the Comprehensive Africa Agriculture Development Program, so that it can really 
expand to other countries as well. So uh, those are the kind of things that I would say can support uh, adoption of uh, circular technologies. All right, thank you, Charles. So maybe um, over to Alex from Goshen. Uh, how did you experience the O Farms uh, Accelerator? And uh, how do you think companies can benefit from such accelerators focused on circular agribusiness? First, I think uh, the, the program was very intense, <laughs> I must admit. Uh, a lot of assignments, and uh, but again, it, there was a lot of depth in terms of the trainings that we were undertaking, uh, and a lot of practical approach. We were doing case studies, uh, and that really helped us to be able to now take that up and like be strategic enough to implement it in your organization. Because some of thi these things, I think, we are not conscious enough of them. But after the program, now you are very. You can always, you can always, you are more keen to see some of these things, and how you can always ensure that your business is uh, uh, is, I'd say, circular compliant in terms of how we we recycle waste. Because again, I realize this program also is very beneficial in terms of people who are mainly in processing, whatever processing, because that is now where you get a lot of waste, rather than someone who's just in the fresh. Uh, uh, in the fresh space because uh, like some of the people who are with summer in fertilizer that is that is manufacturing but you can see they are also trying to uh, do something about uh, recycling of their waste so basically I think number one it helps you to be conscious of what agri-circularity is and also to be able to uh, be more strategic in terms of ensuring that your business uh, is in such a way that um, uh, it's, it's, it's able to generate uh, uh, multiple sources of revenue uh, in the uh, circularity process. Thank you. All right, great. Thank you, Alex. And I think you also touched upon here the, the peer learning aspect. So how was that to be in such a group of fellow entrepreneurs for you? I think for me, it was a learning experience. I started with someone who is in, uh, in the sugarcane sector. Yeah, who is trying to generate fertilizer out of that. Uh, I sat with someone who is like Biofreak, who is basically uh, making hybrid uh, uh, solar dryers. Of course, I'm in the same space, but you realize there's so much that can be done, uh, especially this was during the peer learning because there are a lot of interactions. Like you'd find today you are with uh, Mr. Makoa there, uh, tomorrow you are with Nyamai, and we managed to share experiences uh, on exactly what we are doing in our businesses. And that really also gives you ideas on new ways of doing business. Yeah, thank you. Okay, great, thank you, Alex. So um, for the sake of time, we'll, uh, we'll open the floor for some last comments and questions. And also about the, the question, how can we increase access to technology, experts and networks for entrepreneurs? who are willing to do circular. All right, I see some entrepreneurs. Um, so for me, I think I'll speak for the players that were in the fertilizer business. In terms of the support ecosystem, I feel like we are missing a really key major player in that sector, which is the government, right? So the government has been like playing a really huge role when it comes to supporting farmers with farm inputs by driving subsidies in terms of like the inorganic fertilizer from you know countries outside right so my question is i'm just curious why they haven't really initiated or tried to drive the same thing for local producers 
like I think it would be a really good opportunity for us if they could also like provide subsidies to local farmers by supplying them like local fertilizer produced by local manufacturers within the country. Right. So I think my question is, is there a you know a possibility for that? And for us as local producers, how can we play uh, or how can we contribute in terms of making the government aware that you know your initiative is really good, but you also need to look at us and kind of provide those programs by promoting our products as well. Thank you, Cavendish. Yes, so governmental policy is very good that you mention it. Um, yeah, what can the government do or improve in their policies to promote circular agribusiness? Any of the panel would like to respond? The governmental side, yes, Chrysanthus, from the research point of view. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Um, I'd like to say the ecosystem for, for growth of um, uh, insect-based feeds um, uh, in East Africa and Africa in general is growing very fast because of the policy environment. That means uh, the policy arm of the government uh, or the government in general has to be fully involved at the implementation or consultation uh, stage of the, of the technology. And we've seen a massive growth um, where Kenya came in so strong to be able to enable all the policy that allows the use of insect in, uh, in human food and animal-based feed. And that become a landmark um, in the East African company. And so this policy was translated and taken out by Uganda, Rwanda, Tanzania, and we are looking at aspect of harmonizing it within the entire continent. So that's how um, the, policy, um, the policy can play a key role by facilitating um, some of those bottlenecks uh, for example, waste segregation, in terms of standard development, certification, and even creating a policy that allows youths and women to be able to have licenses to transform this technology into business um, opportunities. So we've seen a massive uh, uh, involvement of policy uh, makers and the ease in which it, 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 it brings in terms of facilitating the uptake of this, uh, uh, these uh, technologies. Thank you. All right, thank you. Yes, um, I also wanted to, the, to contribute towards the statement. I think uh, we have got um, well-established continental organizations that uh, link the technologies to policy and uh, scaling. But the basic example is transforming Africa agricultural technology start. It's a heavily funded organization by uh, African Development Bank, and it has got networks that link it to both local research organizations, uh, private sector, and the government at the policy level. And it's spread all over Africa. It's also linked to regional organizations like CORAF, uh, SADEC, East African Community, COMESA. These are some of the organizations that can take these proven technologies, agricultural technologies, to a higher level of being adopted and accommodated into the government a service giving system. And um, when we talk of profitability and impact, we should separate the two. For profitability, let the agripreneurs uh, uh, work with the investors. And when it comes to the impact, uh, let us build the capacity of the small scale farmers to adopt these technologies so that can have impact on their activities. I will give an example. Okay, at, at, as an entrepreneur, we are producing animal feeds from 
the waste of, uh, the byproducts of processing of human food. But at the lower level of the farmer, if we can build the capacity of the farmer to know that the animal droppings or like the chicken droppings can be processed into rich organic manure or the waste water from aquaculture can be used to irrigate, not irrigate only fat as a source of nutrients in a vegetable growing and other uh, horticultural uh, sector. Then that way it will have an impact at that level only through capacity building. So we should separate the two. Let agripreneurs deal with investors for profitability purposes. And let us come in for impact at the farmer level through capacity building. Thank you very much, Michael from Western Deluxe. Um, last question, yes, or comment? Okay, for me, it's a comment uh, in terms of the, of the investors and what they're giving their entrepreneurs. Some, especially when you're talking to agricultural businesses, it's seasonal, especially in fertilizer. So if I'm selling the fertilizers to the smallholder farmers, there are times when there will be lows and highs. So when they are defining these terms on payments, especially the, the debt payment, at least this term should be flexible. Like if they are focusing on someone who is on mango season and all that, at least they should define these terms to fit that particular entrepreneur so that at the end of the day, if the entrepreneur doesn't feel as if they are, the, the loan is too much or it's something they never want to go back if they scale up. And the other thing in terms of technology, I would say there's a lot being done, especially in these major major cities. Uh, we have Kildi, which is playing a very big role, especially to people in the processing. Uh, that is in Kisumu, that is in Nairobi. But when you go to the interior side, and there's a lot of being done by, by SMEs in those areas, there's a lot of work and good work being done there. There's not that particular hub where they can empower these SMEs to at least at least meet with the same SMEs like the the people in the in, in Nairobi or in Akuru. They don't have that competitive or there's a lot of marginalization going on around there. So maybe that's something that uh, the investors and the people in the in the same field can play around with and at least empower these small um, small businesses. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, and that concludes our panel discussion. So I'd like to thank our panel and you once more. Uh, so give it up for Isabella, Chrysanthus, Alex, Richard, and Charles. Thank you very much for your valuable uh, input. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to check out the link to the O-Farms Accelerator program in the episode notes to find out what you can do to help bring circular agribusiness from margin to mainstream. For more of these episodes, you can subscribe to our podcast channel on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform of your choice. To stay in touch with us, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at WeAreMetaNBO or email us on Nairobi at Meta.co. Until next time, thanks for listening.